On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. silence i'm gonna start punching dicks this is tall can audio canada's number one craft beer fueled sports show when i had to take part i had to take over from the tca studio in beautiful bytown canada if we had to take this young soy it's all young soy we don't give a baller here's your host whatever this is we're doing we're drinking beer and talking sports rob christie and matt robinson We're off and running for another week. Brand new episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. Matt over here, Rob over there. We're on social media at Tall Can Audio. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now. What are you saying today, man? I'm saying Conor McGregor's not taking anything outside. Like, honestly, if I can make millions inside, yep. I'm not fighting in the street for free. <laughs> Especially right now with his shattered femur or whatever he's got going on there. Yeah. Guess it's more of a shin than a uh, than a femur. So that's that's what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah, that's you know, we I don't know give up bollocks. Yeah, it's 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 a nice soundbite, yeah. and it makes you sound like you're crazy and don't give a damn. But hence why it got dropped in there. Yeah, we, we as I, we sit comfortably in here with a plane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and and we know differently, so it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's totally good. Yeah. I, I'm great, man. I'm I'm feeling fantastic here on a Sunday yeah. afternoon. What about you? Doing all right. Just shy of great, but not far off from great. Well, I lie. Yeah. <laughs> so it's totally fine. I think everybody understands that. Uh, what are you sipping on? Oh, right to, right to business. Oh, we're getting guy. down to it, man, because I'm here. thirsty. Okay. I have uh, doubled back to um, Royal City out of, out of Guelph. And, and it's very timely here, late November. I'm drinking their Oktoberfest lager. Mm. Um. I, I, it comes in at six point five percent. I'm I'm interested in it. It's it it claims to be sort of the the un IPA beverage, right? Not only is it a lager, claims to be a little hazy. I, I'm not going to pour it in a bottle in a, in a glass, so we're not going to know. But <laughs> it talks about its nice clean finish, which really at the end of the day, you can run a bunch of things around, but sometimes you just like the clean finish. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely you are. Um... It, it's normally for me more of a summer thing. I got more time in the winter for all kinds of crazy shit. Um, but in the summer, yeah, just hit me with something straight up, cold, refreshing. But uh, we'll see what ha- what's happening over there. Uh, this is uh, I got something from Flora Hall, which I think mm. I mentioned a few weeks ago. Yeah, and um, my buddy Ty was making an order, 
as we often do back and forth. Hey, you want in on that? You want in on that? And I haven't ha- at that time hadn't tried anything from those guys. So uh, said yes. This is uh, I had two English bitters from Flora Hall sitting in the fridge. One was actually called their uh, ordinary bitter. Uh, this is their extra special bitter. Okay, we'll see. Right, I'll be the judge of that. Yeah, we'll see. Last <laughs> week I had an extra special bitter from can't remember who it was from. Uh, that's that's. Okay. But that's what you said to me. You're like, yeah. Who says mm-hmm. it's special? And you're like, well, you know what? Uh, this this lager to me isn't as isn't as clean a finish. Um, it has a bit of that. We we've we've talked about it with other beers about the lack of of alcohol flavor. Yep. To me, this coming in at 6.5, I'm getting a bit of that to finish, which which I don't always love. Um, what was it, a week or two ago? I had the uh, the 13%. Yeah, last week, I think. From, uh, I had the boozy flavor, which sometimes you're, like you say, you're looking for, sometimes you're not. Well, um, and at 13%, you're it's hard it. to avoid, <laughs> yeah, right? for sure. That's when we were talking about the Percy Mapleton Porter mm-hmm. from, from Nita at 7 and change. It didn't have any of that, no. right? And so that's what makes it delicious and dangerous. First impressions here, this tastes honestly more like a Pilsner than anything else. Um, it said it was going to be kind of malty, oh, biscuity. Yeah. It's not coming through, man. This this is a, uh, and it's been one sip, we'll see, uh, but 5.5% at Flora Hall. Um, no, I, I seem to recall that, I think it was the uh, Bohemian Pilsner, I think I had right. last time. Uh, from Flora Hall. This is, like I said, supposed to be an English uh, extra special bitter. It's not really what I'm getting from it. But, well, because uh, the two of them are the two of them are, are quite different. Yeah. Right. The or bitter. Be. The, yeah. The bitter is on the ale side of the scale, right? Whereas a a pilsner is is hardcore at the at the colder temperature. So yep. that's weird. That. Um, but what temperature do you have it at? Is it nice and cold right yeah. in the fridge? Yep. Okay. Because yeah, a pilsner usually crackling. Light, refreshing, heavily carbonated, mm-hmm. right? Anyways, we'll see. I haven't had anything from Flora Hall at all, ever, so. Well, that was the place to be, if I'm being honest, maybe last summer, I can't remember, it was one of the places Hoffley introduced me. I'd never had anything from them either, and I don't think at the time that I'd ever heard of them before. Uh, so I have no idea whether they were just new at that point, uh, and I'm just getting around to it now or not, but. Um, we'll see, and I remember... Yeah, maybe it was a maybe it was a Hoffley show, and uh, I remember hitting the website, and they at that point were heavily into into just sort of IPAs yes. and sours. Yep. And I was like, ah, see. Yep. Uh, I don't mind, but you know, you kind of get hit over the head repeatedly with the IPAs, yep. and you're like, I'd like to try something a little different. So I'm always looking for something interesting, but. Well, I've heard all the time, man, and I'm softening on it or, or whatever, but from a bunch of people I know that have kind of said to me, you know, I, before I came over or before we were going to get together, I wanted to grab you a beer or two to try, right? Just as a, hey, thanks for having me over or a gift. We haven't seen yeah. it. It's a Christmas or a birthday or something, but almost everything I saw was IPA and I know that's not your top like, yeah, because that's what everyone hangs their hat on, right? Every brewery seems to want to be all in on the, uh, on the IPA. They're, they're whatever, their um, chief offering or, yeah. you know, their flagship is going to be their IPA. And so, yeah, it's, you know, you go into even any grocery store now, which is carrying all kinds of beers, but 60% of them are IPAs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, it's, 
you start to see the blurring of a bunch of lines, yes. right? As everybody tries to do. Um, so Royal City was, they had, I think it was their sweet potato <laughs> IPA, which is what I had last time I had something from them. And I don't get any sweet potato. Uh, but but again, I, I don't know. I don't know what that's going to be like. Because usually anytime I have sweet potato, it's in a fry. And I've usually right. got it heavily doused in some kind of aioli that I'm... Well, you fired that uh, mango habanero IPA yeah, across the table to me. Pango. 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 Mango pineapple <laughs> IPA. And habanero. Uh, like me. I said, at, on first pull, like I've almost got the can back down on the table before the habanero comes rushing in. Like, don't forget me, guys. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. There it is though, right? Yeah, uh, I couldn't slam the door. Because <laughs> that, that is how the habanero rolls into the party. Yeah. And I have foot in the door. I'm here too. Oh. But yeah, at least that was Wellington, I believe. Yep. That's a feather in their cap. It was gross, <laughs> but but they as managed. Far as go. Yeah, they managed to bring that habanero yep, in there. It was right in, there in a beer, and so you're like, in, uh, yeah, like you could absolutely tell. Here's we're bringing what we're selling, and as you know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm all about that. Hey, talking about bringing what you're selling, mm-hmm. I have picked up my. Advent calendar. Nice. Three of them, actually. Nice. Not one for you. Sorry about that. Thirsty. <laughs> uh, no, there are, uh, one went to my brother in, uh, in Toronto, but if, if you, you have, have you got one? Oh yeah. You've already got it? Yep. Have you looked at it yet? Nope. Super sweet this year, man. Yeah. I think they're, uh, from what I saw, they've, uh, and I, I haven't opened mine yet. But apparently I have opened the, mine. The idea was to remove the labels. Yes. Run with a barcode every a, a, day. A QR code. Okay. And every day that's how, because a lot of people, you, no one has room to throw this whole thing Correct. in the fridge. And so when you pull it open and throw them in so they're cold, it's kind of spoiling the surprise. Um, and a lot of people would tell you, you're a grown fucking man. Get hold. No, I, I, no. The, this is supposed to be fun, right? This it's is a, it. So I, I really like the idea. I do wonder a little bit about... You know, if breweries are using this, and I'm sure many of them are, as sort of an advertisement, get your face out there, get your beers out there, how some of them feel about sacrificing their label, right? So that you won't necessarily recognize it when you go into the LCBO. But for this sort of thing, um, as an advent calendar, yeah, you scan the QR code every day and then it will tell you, here's what you're about to drink before you crack it open or after you've taken a sip, whatever you want to do. Well, I think it's a neat idea. And I have cracked it open and I looked at all 24 cans. Okay. Uh, now, again, as you say, it doesn't tell me what the, like you crack it, you, you pull the, the first beer of the, of the month open and it's a generic wrap, mm-hmm. but it does say grain and grit. Okay. So right, you know the brewery at least. It's got the brewery, it's got where the brewery's from and it has the date. December 1st, Grain and Grit, Toronto. Now that's a change too, because normally Hamilton. Nita Hamilton. likes to uh, bat lead off and uh, yeah, sorry. And cap it, it off. It is Nita. Okay. Okay. But number two was, and so I went through just to see what all the beers were, mm-hmm. right? All the different breweries. And they've got new stuff. I like that. New stuff going, uh, Brew Revolution is in this in this year, Covered Bridge, a lot of Toronto, Rorschach. Yep. Uh, Muddy York is in there this year. Right on. They've got some good stuff. So- uh, yeah, and again, they're batting lead off and uh, and cleaning up on the twenty fourth. So, but again, I'm interested, in, and and it's going to be a, a nice way to uh, to sort of see what each day. So you have no idea if it's a 
So you can throw the first four in the fridge. They'll be yep. cold and whatever, but it won't spoil the surprises to what you're about to drink. Exactly. Yeah. So to me, this is going to be the the best of the four years if they can pull this off. If 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 Rob can figure out how to use the QR code, we're gonna be <laughs> we're gonna be laughing. And even if he can't, some of us will still be laughing. Yeah, well, exactly. It just won't be Rob, right. which you know Rob hates. <laughs> Rob doesn't mind laughing, even at himself, but he's got to be laughing. If it's just you laughing, Rob gets pissed off. Did you happen to see, speaking of laughing at people, what happened at the uh, Sacramento Kings Utah Jazz game on I Saturday just, night? You sent me the link and, I, and I, I did not. Okay. You're missing out. And maybe you're not. Uh, we will post it. Um, you know, on Facebook and, uh, and in the replies is normally where all these links end up on Twitter at Talkin Audio. So Sacramento Kings, Utah Jazz, there is a Sacramento Kings fan sitting basically courtside and he hits that point very publicly that many of us have hit privately in our, uh, years, normally in our youth. Um, but not no, always. Normally. <laughs> And he hits that moment where, oh no, my belly is full and I need to make room. My body's telling me, my brain is telling me, don't do it. My body's telling me, nope, we have hit capacity and we're going to start tossing people out here and vomits like you have never seen in your life. Um, I'm glad I didn't look at it. All over the courtside area, basically right in behind and beside the Utah Jazz bench. Um, The game is delayed. Best tweet I saw was, we are currently in a vomit delay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gross. They're up off the bench. The Jazz are not staying there. This guy um, obviously gets hauled out and thrown out of the game, leaving a trail of barf behind him as he goes. Oh man. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it shut down the game for over 12 minutes. There are four people on arena staff trying to clean this up, including the mascot who's trying to help mop up this man's, uh, innards. <laughs> I, I do laugh thinking that most of you are listening to this first thing Monday morning. <laughs> so <laughs> gross. And, the, and honestly, the smell of vomit yeah. is, oh man. Now... If, if he is, and clearly if he's taken down too many beers, mm-hmm. probably a couple of s- sausages, sure. you know, whoever was sitting around him was probably getting a little of the sausage burps early, <laughs> right? And then, and then maybe one gets no. away, you're like one of those things where no. you're like, hey, if I can just let a little pressure off the top, <laughs> just, just let, you're like, ooh, no. <laughs> We have Swallow hit the hard. point of no return. <laughs> yeah. Then you're swallowing bile. Forget it. You yeah. have, you have, but yeah, clearly that is. So they, they had to move all the people sitting around him in the front row were moved to other seats. The jazz are, like I said, off the bench and standing out on the court waiting for this to get clean. Like I said, there was nothing funnier than seeing the mascot, uh, helping clean this up, but man, just disgusting. <laughs> See somebody hit the, like, obviously this came upon him fast because a lot of people would at least, you'd almost get it if he was like halfway up the stairs making the run for the bathroom or something. Nope. Just sitting there. And uh, Rudy Gobert, who has a bit of a medical history himself around yeah, the uh, yeah, NBA, sure. yeah. um, making light of the pandemic before it started. And then he's the first guy to test positive after, you know, breathing like, Touching all over everybody's, the everybody's phones and, and microphone. Yeah. You're like, come on, man. 
So he says, um, he's trying to play it down. They asked him about it after the game. He's like, you know, stuff happens. We've all been in situations we don't like. He goes, but I saw this guy a few minutes beforehand. He was struggling because <laughs> I made eye contact with him and he smiled at me. And he said, when I looked back at him as it was happening, he was still smiling as he vomited. Oh. <laughs> like, uh, what uh, does that mean, man? Yeah. Like, well, and have you ever vomited and no, felt like smiling? Never, like, <laughs> never. Unless you're insane, right? It's, it's, it's one of those. And, and this strikes me as a cold vomit. Right. Right? Like you've, you've. You've got so many beers in you that they haven't even been in your belly long enough <laughs> to, warm to warm up that they're coming back up cold. You've had that happen, yeah? Sure. You know, you're funneling Never or you're chugging. in the middle of 20,000 yeah, people no, on and, national And television. that is the thing, right? Like, how do you get in a courtside seat, you classless heel? Yes. Right? Like, I, I don't know how that happens. Usually, you know, in those days, I don't have the means to sit courtside at, at anything. No. But if you do, you can obviously afford it's a $15 brass rail, beers. Perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, right, you know. sure. <laughs> Good luck. Even then, I'm super embarrassed. <laughs> you don't want to be in the front row. No, and nobody wants me there either. Right? Oh, we had a guy that I went to college with that uh, not only did he want to sit in perv row every time he showed up, he had often had chicken wings with him. He would sit on the edge of the stage and eat it. Yeah, <laughs> see, and I had a buddy who, we'd be out and, you know, everyone's having a good time. That's Belleville, folks. And then he'd be like, all right, let's go to the strippers. Yeah. You're like, no, man. Like it's, it's it, the air of depression is just <laughs> thick. And so, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I get the novelty of it, but, mm-hmm. but the people who want to go hugely regular, you know, no, no, we went every now and then, honestly, we would go after the club or whatever, yeah, yeah. one last bit, but not often, Yeah, but we always, there was, and this wasn't the same guy. There was always one guy said, Hey, go, go lunch tomorrow. Right. Like we were all going to be. Just disregard the Down hangover. Down for the hot and cold buffet. Coming. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> we're all going to pretend we're not going to be super hungover tomorrow. And we're going to the strip club for lunch on a Sunday. You know that's going to be a good crowd yeah. and a good performance. So. Well, you know those eggs are powdered. Oh, for sure. There's going to be a lot of things. They're not so go- good. so gross. Lots of powders in that <laughs> so place gross. on a Sunday afternoon, I think. Um, we'll move off that. I should say later on this week, uh, we had this person on earlier in the year. It was awesome. Um... Because I believe she is the only doctor who's ever made time oh, nice. uh, for uh, for talk and audio, uh, and she's going to do it again. This on the heels of on Friday, got the go ahead for uh, for kids to get the vaccine, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people with questions. And to me, look, maybe we can touch on this for a second. I still think it's a no brainer, but I don't have kids, so whatever, right? My opinion maybe isn't worth much here, but there is a part of me. That even though like I've been all over everybody, just go get it. Your vac, your hesitancy is stupid. You haven't, your own research is garbage, right? All this, just do it. And yet when someone goes, I'm a little nervous about putting my kid to it. There's a part of me that sympathizes with that a bit, right? Like there's lots of things that you would do that you wouldn't let your kid do or, uh, or has been over the years. I still think it's safe. I still think it's well-researched. I still think it's fine. All these things. But there's a part of me that kind of goes, okay, I get it, right? That there's a party, someone that might go, I just don't know yet for my kid. And so she's going to come on. She's written a couple of really good articles about this for Forbes. Um, and uh, and she's going to talk about, you know, just answer some questions and, and why it's okay. Um, she was on... Beer the, fan as well, right? 
yeah, craft beer fan, Toronto Maple Leafs fan. I'm not sure I've said her name yet. I should, Dr. Vicky Forster. Um, so she will be back on the show. And uh, so we'll talk hockey. We'll talk craft beer. Uh, she says she has a story she wants to tell about running into what she calls a Trumpy Karen at an Arizona Coyotes game in 2019. Mm-hmm. So uh, want to hear about that. But she will answer some more questions and just sort of talk for, you know, if you got kids or whatever, just about this end of it as well. We'll we'll have some serious talk about that part of it and then uh, get into our usual hijinks. And to me, the, the, the thing is, I've been watching... Um while I wait for a bunch of next seasons to drop on either, you know, mostly on Netflix, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm waiting. So I started to take down Boardwalk Empire. Okay. So I'm midway through season three, but one of the, one of the kids get, gets polio. Right. And so. Seems bad. Yeah. Well, leads to, <laughs> leads to, you That's know, great you know, um, what's the word I'm looking Paralysis. Yeah. Um, to find out that it's mostly spread through feces, Ugh. that seems didn't, didn't know that seems highly problematic. Um, but anyways, it led me into, in a very timely fashion, into you know measles, mumps, rubella, yep. all these things. So measles, mumps, and rubella are all more or less, you know, spread through the respiratory system. Mm-hmm. Right? They're they're very similar in terms of these things virtually. Are, are eradicated from the system. Right. And you, and you are vaccinated against these things. Mm-hmm. And again, I just, the hesitancy of this newest thing, it's like, man, it, when, when you start to look at what you are vaccinated against already and you don't, and you have no choice, you no. just, you do it. Guess what? This is going to get rolled into that. And it is for it's your kid. This to go, one's new, right? And for your kid to go to school. Yep. They have to take the little or cocktail. The brownies of or facts. skating lessons, or this is going to yeah. be a thing to do anything, I yeah. think. So it to me is, there's so many things that you are already vaccinated against and you have to, you have to trust the science. Right. Or, or guess what? I, I, I'm, I'm tired of that. Actually, you just have to. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I'm just, I'm more sympathetic. Of course. To the people who are worried about doing it with their kid than I was about grown men going, oh, I looked this up on Facebook. Yeah, did you? Good for yeah. you, man. Yeah, I, I looked it up on al- uh, aluminum foil hats are us. <laughs> and they said it's bad. It's been rushed out and there's not the proper research or we don't know everything about it. And it's going to give me male boobs and it's going to do all kinds of things. And you're like, it's going to make my testicles shrink. Which may already be happening. Sure. We're not entirely sure. There's enough other artificial shit and everything we eat and drink these days. That All that soy you you're taking no down. Idea. So don't worry about that. So that'll be later this week. Uh, Docky Vicky Forster will be back on the show. That'll be a good one. Stick around for that. Where do you want to start, man? We got all kinds of stuff. We got baseball, we got hockey, we got Olympics. There's lots of stuff on the agenda today. What's caught your, uh, your fancy first? I, I think we should, we should at least, uh, it seems like the least likely time of the year, but I think we should touch on the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays. And all that's happened and, and hasn't happened and, and some of the talk around that between the, the signings, Cy Youngs, no MVPs, these sorts of things. There's all kinds of meat on that bone. So why don't we start then with uh, with the good news, which is that uh, Jose Barrios has uh, been extended for seven years. Um, it's not getting a ton of play, and, and maybe it should, maybe it shouldn't. I don't know. After five years, 
He has an opt-out, which isn't all that uncommon, but the Blue Jays have been hesitant to give those and hasn't, uh, haven't given one since H.A. A. Burnett. Um, back in 06, I believe, is when they signed him. And I guess this came up late in the negotiations. Uh, and I should say, well, we're setting the table here, $131 million over seven years. Uh, it goes up as it goes. Um, and so it came up late in the negotiations that his agent said, you know, Five years away is a long time. We well, don't know how many. And plus a year on the contract still. Yes. So six years, technically. Um, we don't know whether you've locked everybody else up, what the ownership situation is, what everything looks like six years from now. We would like the uh, uh, the ability to opt out. And the Blue Jays said, okay, but what that means is your two highest paid years are going to be the last two, the ones you may opt out of, right? Yeah. So as this contract ramps up, um, this year they've sort of reworked his deal. I think it's 11 plus five. They've given him a $5 million signing bonus. And then it's like 15, 18, 18, whatever, up to, um, the last two years are the big ones at 25 and $26 million could get as high as 29, uh, with bonuses and stuff like that. If you opt out, you'll leave your two biggest years on the table. And they went, yeah, okay. Like fair enough. So to me, man, this is a a really good deal for the Blue Jays. I'm not really sure why Barrios did this. He made a big deal in the press conference that he liked the city, he was comfortable with the organization, all these things. But there's almost no doubt there would have been a bidding war a year from now and he could have done better, don't you think? Yeah, if he, if he came out, because as you say, to keep that that AAV under 20 for a guy who who did get down the, down the list, but got some Cy Young consideration... Mm-hmm. This year. Yep. Um, yeah, to keep that in the sort of 17 a- average annual value, that's that's good. And it's long. I was surprised by the by the length of it. And if you look at that six years, is man, he is, you got to think that is the window for this. Yep. For this group, right? You have guys who are going to opt out, guys who are going to, not pan out, right? Whatever happens when Break you look at this. bank, you're going to have to trade maybe. Right. Because yeah. just, you're going to be able, not be able to afford everybody or whatever's going to happen. So yeah, the, the, the six years in, I, I was surprised on, on many fronts that, that A, it happened that way and that, yeah, you wouldn't have played it out for one more year. And, and it's funny because different guys talk about what they value, Right. Mm-hmm. Dollar or term, right? And 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 so I, I guess it's really hard to look at it and say, if you can guarantee me eighteen million over the next six years, yeah, times the next six years, yeah, yeah, times the next six years, yeah. yeah, that's that's really hard to to turn my back on. But the flip side is, and he is not Justin Verlander, mm-hmm. but to look at Verlander at thirty eight turns down a one year twenty five million dollar deal. From the Yankees. Yep. Now, again, he, he ended up signing a one year. Well, two years. Well, one year, 25 option. million with a, with an option. Yeah. Now, is it a player option or I is it a team it was option? I player option. I thought it was 50 over two years. But yeah. Uh, so, you know, he, he's a multiple Cy Young winner, right? Obviously, yeah. but he's 38. Yep. Like, dude will be 40 at the end of that contract. And you're like, man, that's a pile of cake. And so you only wonder where this goes. So... It is a bit of a head scratcher on the the Burrito side, but it's a great signing for the Jays, I think. Would it be fair to say, because clearly he was great for the Jays down the stretch, 
would it be fair to say I felt like when we talked about the trade at the time, you weren't as high on it as maybe I was, or maybe you didn't know enough or as much about him or, or whatever. It, it feels like he showed himself to Toronto over the last two months, as much as Toronto showed himself themselves to him, right? Like he said, I had my wife up here. I had my kids up here. I felt fine going on the road and, and that they would be okay here. And that, that was obviously going to be a huge part of this. Um, but I don't know that everyone was sold when he came in at the trade deadline that, you know, he, he's a very, very, very good number two, which is what they're paying him as. That's what, honestly under 20 million. Yeah. That's what number twos go for now. Um, but he's not an ace. Like you're still going to have to go out and either hope you can get Ray or one of your, someone else to come in here or Ryu is going to rebound. I, I don't think you want Barrios to be your number one if you're going to contend. But I don't think it's the end of the world if he has to until the trade deadline this year. And maybe you go out and find right. somebody to come in. Because you look at, they didn't qualify Mats, I no. don't believe, despite no. him leading the rotation and wins. Yeah, but they I, have stayed in contact with him. Right, and I, I think there was some some belief that, yeah, they they can they just don't qualify him and they can right. offer him something else, right? It's a, it's a, a renege of a different kind. Yeah, Fansighted this week reported that the Jays um, are still very heavily talking to both he and Ray. But you wonder if if the money to Barrios means no Ray. I don't think so, especially for for this year. They haven't changed their contractual obligations much for this year, right? This is an extension moving forward. Obviously, Ray is not going to sign again for one year. It, the 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 things I've read, people don't seem worried that this has really changed their financial outlook that much moving forward. I was surprised to see that Ray is only thirty. Yeah. He he seemed like an older pitcher, and and so when he's got miles on him, like his all out effort, right? Every pitch is max effort. You hear it, yeah, yeah, on each one. So whether that would scare you or not, moving forward, it does scare me a little bit. I I hope they stay engaged with him. I don't know what I would be comfortable with contract wise, but would you would you want seven years of that? No, no. Would you want three years of that? I would absolutely take three years of that. Yeah. I might. I might go to five. Anything beyond that scares the bejesus well, out of me. Because to me, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, all the talk when he was, because he had, he had all-star seasons in, in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I believe it was in Arizona. Yep. Um, had some crazy control issues, which we saw when he came over. Mm-hmm. Strikeout guy with control issues. Loved and, and re-signed on the, on the show me deal. Yeah. Eight million cause, bucks for one year. Loved. Yeah, I know it's. it's you know, bargain, bargain. Um, but the idea that you love working with Pete Walker, mm-hmm. right. And, and so you wonder a, does he, does he value the trajectory the team is on and the city and continuing to work with Pete Walker coming off a of Cy Young now, or does he look at it and go, yeah, no, uh, Walker, walk, Walker helped me with the tweaks I needed to make. and I'm good. Let's I'm see what fe- the Yankees got for me or uh, the Dodgers. Yeah, well, the Dodgers, like, you know. Bottomless Padres or whoever else is going to, you know, yep. pony up here. and Or maybe a, this is the time for a young Giants team, right? That's sure. ahead of schedule. and you, There's going to be options, right, Yep. for a guy like that. And I would, like, to me, I wonder what's going to happen with Ryu right? Yeah. With two years left on that deal still. And, and if you start to, it, it's, it's, he's got a bit of an, it's to me, I, I don't know why, but it's got a bit of an R.A. Dickey feel to it. 
Uh, to me, it's more, oh, no, he was one of the the sticky stuff guys. Who did? Who, uh, Ryu. Who, oh, okay. So I, I was talking about Ray. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was talking about Ray. Ryu, yeah. yeah Sorry, I know. I, I, I did. But then I was, I sort of, yeah, I could see how you could miss that. Yep. But going back to, to signing Ray after, you know, Dickie had the Cy Young year in, in with the Mets and then he. Comes right. over and you're not like, sold that he's an ace long term. Yeah, well, this is what I, this is what I'm saying, right? I'm and, not and, sure I am either, but I'm scared of what else is out there. Right. right. Like, well, this is it, right? Because what what are you then backfilling the the rotation are, with? Could you get well? And this is this isn't backfilling, but you're you need another front of the line guy. Like, could you get Max Scherzer for two or three years? That that's probably going to be a hundred and. 30 million or 110 million over three or four years. Like, yeah, well, that's what it's going to take though, to get somebody like that to come in. Yeah. yeah, He's still going, right? Like he's getting older, but he's, uh, you need to, I think you're going to have to make a big free agent splash and then you're going to have to go and find like a Castillo or a Montes or something to come in still under team control, right? And, and arbitration eligible by trade. I think you're going to have to, you're not going to, they have two needs because I'm not sold yet. Pearson is a long-term um, starter, right? Yeah. So you need, you know, obviously they're going to give Ryu another chance to go out there. You're going to have Manoa and you're going to have um, obviously Barrios now moving forward. You need a top-end guy to to be at the front of that rotation. So, so you and, you don't you don't you don't see those as your top three right there. I need somebody else in there. Cause I just, I don't know what Ryu is anymore. Ryu, like I said, uh, to me is a victim of the sticky stuff. He thing was, he was your opening day starter. Yeah, I know. Uh, and I'm not saying he's done. Yeah, I'm no, just saying as he gets you. older and he's breaking down a bit and I don't know, I'm not sure that he, I would count on him. He looks like he has that good rubbery David Wells body. He looks like he's <laughs> going to be able to pitch till he's, uh, you know, maybe quite, quite an advanced age, but I, I do agree with you. I just, when you look at that and, and on, on, on name alone, you go, all right, Ryu, Berrios, Manoa, mm-hmm. and then yeah, I, I agree. You bring Mats back if you can. Sure, that's nice. And then you, then you look at whether it's Hatch or somebody young coming up. Uh, again, I, I I feel you on the Pearson thing. Yeah, right. He looks like a guy who. Now they were making the comparisons to Sanchez at the end of last year, right? Mm-hmm. A guy who was in a high leverage situation and then looking to bring him back in as a starter. Right, work him back in that way, and, and I like that what Sanchez was doing as a starter. So, pitching no hitters for Houston and sure. those sorts of things. Yes, um, our guys getting hit in the face. With the ball yeah, <laughs> same fucking day. <laughs> guy's gone now. Whoever that guy is, uh, uh, but that was part of the the Barrios issue for me when he came over. I didn't know a pile about him, right? Because no one and, watches the Twins, <laughs> right? And, and you're giving up. I, I believe it was Simeon Woods yep. Richardson, Richardson, yep, and and uh, Austin, Austin Martin, Martin yeah. Right, a couple of 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 the higher high end prospects, no doubt pro, for sure. And so you're like, mm. feels better now that you've locked him up long term. It does, yeah. and and that is in the uh, in the Ottawa Senators language, that's the Bobby Ryan thing, right? You're going to make this big trade for him, right? Trading away pieces and picks, and then you go, well, I, I kind of got to keep them, right? You let, better lock them. We up. don't want to let that go, and then you're like, oh fuck, wish we let that go. <laughs> but what are you going to do, right? So uh, it's it's interesting that it so to me great signing yep um and if he can go out on a good team and, and there's stability and, there too and, 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 and the, get the you big, go ahead, in, sorry in and around fifteen wins oh yeah like that to me in in a regular season playing at the dome I think yeah that's a good signing yeah I I think so too and 
his big money doesn't start to kick in until after 23. And at that point, Ryu is done. Uh, he's, you know, the contract's up. Maybe you bring him back. Maybe you don't. We'll see how things go. Uh, Randall Gritchuk, handsome Randy. His money's coming off the books. Um, Guriel is up. And also Teoscar is Oscar. up. yeah. So you're going to have some flexibility there. I'm not saying you're just going to let all those guys go, but you'll have some chances to sort of reevaluate what you want to do when the big money part of Barrios' deal is kicking in. So it, it's also a well-constructed contract. I, I kind of like what they've done here. Um, I don't really know why, like you look at somebody like Patrick Corbin, who in 2019 signed six years, $140 million. He wasn't anywhere close to what Barrios is. So I'm not sure why Barrios did this. Like, other than just, you could go out, you can make the case, he's pitched his whole career in the AL Central, he's about to pitch a full season in the AL East, maybe my value is going to get knocked down a little here next season, or you could take an Mm. injury. Um, So there is that element of it, but I just don't believe he wouldn't have gotten more if he goes a year, Um, but he does seem to be a guy who values stability and, and he seemed happy enough, and he's left himself an out if things don't go properly over the first few years of this contract for six yep well he was here for this first one anyway no no i i know but i'm saying there was a year and then they gave him a seven year extension yes. beyond that so yeah he's here for six years before he has a chance to opt out yep so clearly yeah, again no, it, 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 when aj burnett signed that opt out was brought up during the press conference it was something focused on by the media this was sort of i, I won't say hidden it's clearly not hidden but no one thinks this was a huge, like, he can't wait already to leave. It's just a, okay, you got six years to show me that you're going to stay serious and lock all these guys yeah. up and we're going to be contenders. And six years is a long time. If at that point this team isn't, hasn't contended or it hasn't worked out or guys have left, well, then I can go to. Right? Well, and there's not too many, as we said, there's not too many baseball powerhouses that, that last a six-year dominant window, no. right? And so clearly this team... And, and the fans of the Jays hope that in this next six or seven years, there is some dominant years, right? So you hope to be getting, and, and he's 20, what, 27? Yeah. He's in that range. This, um, at 33, if he wants, he opts out again. And there are lots of pitchers still getting more nine-digit contract. Like he could get another huge score at 33 yep. if, he, if he's still doing all the things he... Yep. And you only expect that... The money will yes go up. Continue to go up. Um, what do you think of of Robbie Ray and and the Cy Young? The there was really probably only two contenders: Garrett Cole there with the Yankees. Well, when you look at the when you look at the split on the first and second place votes, yeah, twenty nine first place votes out of thirty for uh, for Robbie Ray. And then the one first place that he didn't get was Cole. Yeah. Cole got 29 seconds and yes. Ray got one second. So, you know, I, there was a little bit of unfortunate, you know, if you're a Yankee fan or a Garrett Cole fan, you know, he finished pretty poor. He had the hamstring in- injury. Things weren't going well. There was that classic video I sent you at one point of him looking over his shoulder at the Blue Jays score while the Yankees are going, fuck, <laughs> over his shoulder mid-game. Yeah. Um, look, I, I, I don't think anyone was too shocked and you don't like... Garrett Cole, if you look at some of those expected numbers and... I was a little shocked. Okay. Uh, And you can tell me why here in a second. But um, I don't think... Like when you look at Garrett Cole's number, I I think I I like to dig deep on some of the analytics stuff more than a lot of people. And 
he did have, in some cases, better expected this and, and whatever. But Robbie Ray led the AL in innings pitched, ERA, and strikeouts. Yep. Pretty That's good. the conversation. <laughs> That's it. That's what happened. And he did it in the AL East. Yep. That's it. Yep. We don't have to dig any deeper into, well, if Garrett Cole this and better defense, that. No. Well, innings, look- ERA, strikeouts. That's the ball game. And you look at his whip was a 1.0. Then there's some numbers after that. Right. But that is a tight, yep. tight number, right? So, uh, I no, I don't dispute his his value as a Cy Young. To me, it's the, I pitch in Toronto sure. versus I'm Garrett Cole with similar numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, not as good. Right. But I pitch for the Yankees. Right. And so to me, that's where you go, nothing's a given in that. No. And then to see it come so much of a landslide the other way, was a, I was shocked by that. I was, I will say that. Like, I did think he was going to win it. I wasn't sure. Like you, playing up here, all these things. And the other thing about Robbie Ray, did it in, for two-thirds of the season in minor league ballparks where shit just gets crushed <laughs> all the time, right? So no home games virtually. Right. And so like just really great shit. Um, you know, and, and beyond those two, I don't know, Lance Lynn mowing down the AL central. Get out of here. Like I don't, none of this shit matters. They had three guys that were just, that were just crushing the, the rest of the AL central. Yeah. Like the, the White Sox had three pitchers in the top five in Mm -hmm. strikeouts. There was. So yeah, there's clearly some shit going on. Yeah, there. it's a piss on a plate division. So when you start, sort of start to look at it, I don't know. It really wasn't that, like anywhere from three to eight, you could have hit me with any of those names in any order. I'd have gone, yeah, okay, fine. But it was a distant one and two. And and yeah, Robbie Bray, like I said, those three numbers, innings pitched, ERA, strikeouts. If you have all of them, that's it. Oh yeah. And it's funny, if you were to say, yeah, Cole and Ray had all the first and second place votes. Yeah. And you go, yeah, okay, wow, it's interesting. And then you go, yeah, one had 29 out of 30. <laughs> right. You know, when one had, you know, so you're like, wow. That yeah, it's is... not even like it was a tug of war between them, no. 16, 14 or something. Right, and you're like, yeah. it comes down to third place votes. And you're like, yeah, yeah I had more, you know, it was just, no, no he, he crushed them. And so it'll be really interesting to see what, what Ray chooses to do because. This is his chance to cash in. It'll, he'll never be more valuable than he is now. Right, and. And we all look at it and 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 say, well, how much money is enough? And how much, you know, what are you going to do? And blah blah blah. But yeah, the reality is, if it's if it's you know four years, twenty two million a year here, or it's you know four years, twenty five million somewhere else, and you're like, man, that's it's twelve million bucks. That's Hard not to fault these guys. That's not nothing, and no. that's. That's more money than most people will ever see. And you want me to leave that on the table? Right. It's, it, to me, it's, yeah. But again, some guys, and Barrios is, is, is an example. Some guys go, yeah, great, great position. Yeah. Good situation here. Happy here. Um, Yeah. Maybe I could get 170 instead of 130 if I went for it. It'll be my great grandkids that are coming up short changed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, or it'll be my agent. Yeah. or Or it'll be whatever. But, but again, it, it is, and, and, and I, I guess I'm, I'm wishy-washy a bit on it because I want, I want the 2021 Robbie Ray. Mm-hmm. I want him the, to, well, to resign Will here. Will he ever be back again? Will that guy be the yep. same over the next four years? 
Yeah. That I I just as you say with the with his, you know, okay, if you have your control issues under under, you know, under wraps, we're good to go. Well, what you know, where are you with your all out effort? Are, is that going to basically only threw two pitches to all year, right? Like you would sprinkle in other stuff, but at some point does the rest of the league go, oh, okay, I got you big boy. Right? Well, ask, like, ask the Orioles. Right. <laughs> Cause he's like, what? Like they're, they're sitting on it. They, yep. like he's saying they, so whether it's the Orioles were picking something up or whatever was happening, but he's like, yeah, they didn't swing at any of my. No. So you just, you. Yeah, you wonder when... when and that's the, the fucking dirty birds. Wait till somebody else starts to catch on who's got yeah. some talent in their lineup. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'm really, I know it's not a, um, yeah, it's not great podcaster fod, but it's, um, podcast fodder. Yes. Man, I'm having, I'm pod fod. I'm having some issues the today. pod fodder. Um, it's, it's, and it's, I'm only into my second 6.5. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I I really, it's one of those things where you're like, I like that girl a lot mm-hmm. at the dance, but I'm looking over her shoulder like, <laughs> anything else? What am I? <laughs> or you want to dance? <laughs> I, you know, and you go, ah, oh, I missed it. I, I missed it. I, I didn't mean, do you want to dance for five years? <laughs> and maybe Stairway to Heaven, but not. Yeah. Oh, that uncomfortable part where the song speeds up and you're like, oh, do I, what do I do? We, no, it keeps, yeah. I don't know. It's, just it's, sway. Just sway. It's complicated, man. Those, but those days are in the past. I don't need to worry about that. But yeah, that to me is the Robbie Ray situation. I'm with you on that. If you, if Monday morning we, you know, wake up and they've signed him for five years, I'm going to be pumped. I'll, if I wake up and he's signed somewhere else for five years, I'll go they made a good decision. Not yeah. to, like I'm just sort of like I don't know at this point. I want to be excited. I want him back. I'm an, I, but I'm nervous about it. Well, and 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 I'm gonna bitch if they if they don't sign of him. Course. And I'm gonna be skeptical if they do sign yep. him. Yep. Right. You're gonna be like ah, I'm not sure. And then three years in, he'll have be in on the top five in Cy Young voting again. And I'll be like, yeah, I got that wrong again. But that's good for me, which is. Usually how it works, or if, you know, if they don't sign them, you'd be like, you cheap bastards. Speaking of the uh, cheap bastards, let's talk about the Ottawa Senators and uh, their, their compatriots across Canada. I had said to you, I wanted to touch on the uh, the Vancouver Canucks and you came back with, uh, there are, there are multiple shitbirds in, uh, in Canada right now that maybe we should touch on. Um, the Sens about to, it looks like. And uh, this could change, I guess, by the time this comes out. But it looks like Ottawa will play Monday against Colorado. Uh, they haven't played in a week. Um, I'm not sure what the difference between 7 and 8 COVID cases and 10 or 11 COVID cases is in why you finally decided to shut the team down for a week and get this under control. To me, I look at, oh, this is Ottawa versus LA. That's going to be tough to reschedule, so we're going to make you play that. This one's Ottawa and New York. Yeah, we could find it. Yeah, followed time, by though. Calgary. Those are the two okay. games where yeah. they're like, okay, two sort of Western Conference teams. Right. Those are hard to reschedule. Anything back here east, we can figure that out. Later. New Jersey and I, the Rangers. Yeah, I think it had far more to do with the opponent than any safe, you know, safety concerns or, or whatever. Because the NHL kind of sucks. That's what well, they. And they do. were up into double digits. Yep. Not good. Half your team is down. Right. So oh. when when they on Saturday when they put the list out. 
of of there was nine guys coming off of the COVID <laughs> protection list, and you're looking at the list, and and none of them are game breakers, but in a team that is super thin, yeah, everywhere you're like, oh, we could use Formington. Yeah, no, you can't Holden. have your entire. We could use Connor Brown. Out, <laughs> you right? sort of, you're like, I could use that. I could use that. I yes. could use that. And you're like, oh, Murray, you can stay on the sure. COVID list, but that's okay. You know, whatever. Right. It's and you're coming off the list, and you're and you're coming off the the, the break. You're flying out west to do four games in six days. One of them's at mile high. You Denver. start at altitude in Denver. <laughs> um, yeah, it's if you've not had any sort of lung stress it's not going to be helped by playing in Denver yeah, it's it's and, and it's funny because at this time of year hockey it, hockey you know sends games are must see on my schedule in the day it's just whatever I'm going to work I'm doing I'm making dinner and then bam sends play tonight mm-hmm. right it just becomes part of my so day it's been a long week well and but but because this team was so thin Prior to COVID, like COVID takes a lot of the, yeah, we were losing games, you know, with guys out to COVID. Yeah. They were kind of shit in the bed pre-COVID. So it's a nice excuse, but the reality is, as Dom Lushishan said, the composition of that D was trash. (laughs) Wasn't going to get anywhere. And, and it was becoming super frustrating as a fan base. Well, one of the emergency call-ups there, Rossi (laughs) Thompson. All of a sudden, looking good on our top pair. That's the, with, with Shabbat, that's the condition that the Ottawa Senators defense was in, was that this emergency call-up. And I know Zub has, has fit nicely with Shabbat, but now you have no well, depth. You then right? had four guys who... Right. And as I said last week or, a, or two weeks ago, you had too many guys. You can carry, everybody in the league has a guy or two on D who needs to be protected. Yes. But you cannot have four guys paired together who, a, a guy who needs protection, protecting a guy who needs protection. Like you shit gets exposed. Yeah. So yeah, there's a bunch of, of issues there. And so COVID is going to be a convenient sure. storyline for the year, but it does not let this management off the hook on the composition of, of just how thin up the middle they were. And then you lose your two... Mm-hmm. three, four, five centers, right? You sort of... <laughs> That's going to be trouble. And you're already thin, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, it becomes a nice storyline and the season is is essentially over for this team in terms of, you know, pushing for a playoff spot because who cares now how you finish and you go, yeah, look at that, right? You know, we Pressure's finished. already off. Right, and, and it's later. off now in November. Right. And so... You were you? I can't remember because we didn't do our predictions. Here's where everybody's going to finish or whatever. There were times, and I think I talked about this with Graham Nichols. I thought, and fans are like this. Every fan base is like this. A little more optimistic than everybody else yep. is about your team. I certainly thought Ottawa would turn a corner this year and start to look better. Yep. I wasn't ready to say they're going to even contend for a playoff spot late. I just didn't see that yet. I also didn't see this. Right. right, that they would be right there battling at the bottom of the division with bottom of the league. The, yeah, I didn't see that. So, how shocked are you, COVID or non? With shocked, yeah, okay, shocked, and and, and really shocked by, um, by just how 
you you didn't you didn't make the changes you hoped to make. I I expected them to ex, to exceed. I think the, the eighty two point five was the Vegas line or whatever it was in terms of points. Right. By by a bit, but if they were in that eighty point range, I would have been happy. Like I, I did not see this team as a playoff team. Right. I saw this team as better than Buffalo. Yep. I saw so this team I. as better than Detroit. So did I. And I saw them pushing Montreal for that right. sixth spot in the division. That's where it gets hairy. Yeah. Yep. And, and again, I, unlike a lot of people like Dave Poulin or whoever else who who saw the Habs as good. Right. Man, I did not no, see that. Well, but you can't you can't take out the the guys that they've lost either through, you know, free agency or injury mm-hmm. or just not resigning. Right. Yep. You can't. You can't lose like, like where's Paul? You're missing a guy like Paul Byron who doesn't get a lot of press, but that's a nice full tool. Yeah, bottom end six guy, right? Yep. When you're looking at um, shorthanded, all those sorts of things, and Thomas Tatar who was scratched a lot last year, but he in in the previous two or three years was in your top three in scoring. Gone. Yeah, twenty goal guy over a regular season. Right, and so and then you get into the Denos, and then you get into the Price, and you get into your Weber. Webers, and then No Edmondson, whatever you think of that. Yep. You are in a shitstorm, and and I can't believe anybody saw them as. And it's it's funny we talked on this show at at length when they made the trade, and then the the following or the didn't match the Kotkaniemi, mm-hmm. made the trade for the Dvorak, yep. and they talked about. Oh, he's going to slide in there. He's going to be lethal playing up there with like with Gallagher and we're going to, and Anderson, and we're going to do it. That dude going into Saturday night was a minus 17. (laughs) And again, people like and don't like, but that's a big number, man. Yeah. It's your number two center. You can't be getting buried every night. And you go, ah, no. And, and Josh Anderson is the one that I always come back seven years. I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know what that was all about. I've never saw it. He had a really nice year that last year that he played a full season in Columbus. And you banked on that for seven years. And last year he was going weeks at a time without a point. Like, I get it. Everyone wanted to be... uh, Montreal, obviously, full value for beating the Leafs in the playoffs. But in game one, in the first period, that guy ran around like a maniac. And he was making loud noises against the boards. Whether he was actually hitting people or not. You were like, holy shit. Maybe this is going to be, and then he was just back to regular season. Scored Josh. in that first game too. Yeah. But then that was it. Yeah. Like he brought nothing. I, I looked at that roster this year and I was quieter about it because I looked at it last year and said, not good. Well, and eh. at, t- at times last year, I really liked Josh Anderson. Right. But when you watch his game and he gets out and he four checks like a mofo and he's in there, but if the puck is nowhere around, he doesn't know where it's going. No. He's got no idea. No. And then he just cycles off and goes for a change. Yeah. Like to me, people smarter than me talk about his hockey sense. Yeah, no. I don't think he's got a pile. No. And and so to me, I like all the physical tools. Big guy can skate mm-hmm. if in the put in the right position can score. Yeah. But he doesn't often put himself if it's not through his own skill and speed. He doesn't often put him, his himself in those positions. Well, so now you're asking Drouin to carry him and Dvorak on a line. And Truen's wow, been fine, but he's not that guy. Like but he's you not brought, carrying. you brought in and you've now re-signed Dominic Ducharme for yep, three years. X number of, because he is the Drouin whisperer. Apparently. And so good luck for you because that's a guy. Well, he's who, been okay though, Drouin. Yeah, but Ducharme is not. No, no. I, I, this is one of the things where they don't know what to do even on the management side. Clearly, 
Jeff Molson does not want to bring back Mark Bergevin and slash or Mark Bergevin does not wish to come back at the number that Molson yeah. is offering him. So almost everything I read seems it's a foregone conclusion. He'll be gone at the end of the year. So are you going to let him make deals? Are you going to allow him to? And what do you want to do? Because no, no chance Montreal thought they would be in this position no. a month into the season. And they have the draft at home. So oh. do you want to trade away? Well, that pick is... Picks, you may you might be looking at Shane Wright. Like, you may be a top three pick. So are you trying to rebuild? Are you trying to contend? Well, what do about, you think you are? How about the consensus rookie of the year coming into the year? People talking about... Cole Caulfield. 28.5 over under on Cole Caulfield goals this year. And none. How about none right now as of the 22nd uh, of... Do you, why do you think they brought him back up? Because he was sent down to Laval, and he was only okay there. He started to get better as it went on, and then all of a sudden they had this game against Pittsburgh on Thursday or whatever it is, and for whatever reason they decided... You mean the 6 nothing Pittsburgh win? Yes, I do. <laughs> We're going to bring Caulfield back up, and like, was that a, a must-win game for your 3-12 and team or whatever the fuck it is? Like, yeah. I, you four, need, he four to, or something and, and one or two, yeah. He needed to be left alone. Like, he did not need to be recalled to this mess. Yeah, to me, it's it comes down to and 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 for Ottawa fans, the analogy is the Curtis Lazar thing, right? Where he How played Lazar, How he, Lazar. Yeah, he played he played well in his rookie year and then struggled, and then they're like, okay, you can still send him down, but they're like, oh, what message does that send? Blah blah blah, and they sent him down, and he didn't do shit right. in the AHL. But they're like, okay, he's been down there for six or seven games. Let's bring him up. And you're like, why? What what has no, he learned? Nothing's been He didn't get his scoring touch back. He nope. didn't there's nothing's happened. And and he was honestly through the first three games playing for Laval, he was three games in, he was two assists, minus four. Yeah. I'm not sure what you're what you're doing, and it's mismanaging of a of a, of an asset. Yeah, let, no, it's bad to be dangling him up and down like this. Like let him get settled somewhere. And I would have let him get settled there. I don't know if it's for the whole year. You see if your team starts to get it together. Montreal's not going to be this bad all year. Um, but they're not going to contend. They're not going to make the playoffs. Well, th- their season is also done. It's done. Now. Yeah, no, right November. now. Yeah, it's over. Because that is that that old analogy, you know, uh, American Thanksgiving or yeah. or December 1st. And, and it's not even just if you were X number of points out, right? Elliot Friedman a couple of years ago pointed out if you're not in the top eight as of December 1st, like your chances are minimal, let alone if you are eight to 10 points out, it's so yeah, that's a team who you and I can talk about not thinking that they were going to repeat that. Um, but man, that is a fan base that was totally dialed in, yeah. thought that they had this going right. And then you look at it and you go, and, and we've talked about it here again, the idea of the comparisons to 2017 Ottawa Senators, you mm-hmm. know, going to the Deep going run. to the Eastern Conference Final, blah blah blah, and you're like, yeah, that was a nice run. That was it was just a little luck, a little you Smoke know, and good juju here, and you way you go right. And good but, goaltending, good play, like you're legit. You win but you're eight not. overtime games, right? <laughs> like that does not happen. Like the odds say. At some point, you flip the coin and you lose. A Shit's going to break against you, and and so when you look at how nicely th- that run broke for them, right? Like they're down three one to Montreal uh, to Toronto. Toronto should have just squished them out. Yep. 
That would have been great. Yeah, <laughs> I know, and and it's 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 I'm not even a Leaf thing, but the Leafs lost that series yes, more did. than the Habs won that series. That's right. And then you get some nice breaks. Yeah. Right. And how this is what when you look at it for Toronto and you're like, oh, this look at the look at this Canadian division, this North division. We're gonna we're gonna roll this division, and you go, oh, we get the Jets now, and we're gonna sweep the Jets in the yeah. second round. You're like, wow, this is, yeah. To me, it's it's they just somebody did not read it well, and and it's fine for fans to wring their hands and and whatever else, but we're paying hockey professionals to make good decisions and make reads on these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. You you done fucked it up. <laughs> That's it. What are you going to do? You bur- Obviously, a new GM is coming in, either mid-season or at the end of the season. He's got a coach that's... How many coaches do you want on... Like, they're still playing, paying Claude Julien. Yeah. How many guys do you want to keep paying to not coach your team? And there's nothing that suggests that... Look, I, I don't think Dominic Ducharme was the only reason or the best reason or whatever that got to the final. And I don't think he's the biggest or only reason... He was out that with COVID for two yes, weeks and during that, that run. stink... <laughs> This year, I don't think that's all him. He's just a guy, like most coaches. To be honest with you, at that level, one you, when you make it to that level, you can kind of swipe them in and out. They're sort of interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. But but there are guys who you're committed who, to this one for two months' work. Yeah, and you are like I said. That's when that whole thing fall fell into his lap, and you go, "Where's Luke Richardson's credit in this? Where he took over and sure. and, and helped out?" It's to me. It's if when when you look at this level. You look at every coach at this level knows the game, mm-hmm. understands it. The when you good, talk about your system versus my, slight tweaks here yeah, and there. There's it's, two or three systems yeah. that really get yes, run in the NHL. Right. Um, but when you look at the good coaches know when to change and what that change looks like in, in game. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, if we want to make the Josh Anderson equivalency for Dominic Ducharme, I think there's not enough, he's more reactive than proactive in terms of in-game, in-game play. Right. So, and they just re-signed him. And so that is, and if you are the new GM of, of the Habs, what are you doing? You have a bunch of guys signed mm-hmm. on deteriorating bodies to long contracts. And you're like, like Petrie, I don't know. I know the Habs put up at least five spot on Saturday night. So I'm not sure, but Petrie had one assist coming into the weekend, I think. That's a guy who was... Did you see what happened in the third period of that Saturday game? What's that? Did you see what happened in the third period of that Saturday game against Nashville? Did it not end like I... Yeah, no, it was 5-0 going into the third. And then they gave up a Matt Duchesne hat trick in like three and a half minutes. Like they made it five, like they're just letting it get away. And then all of a sudden they get an empty nutter and, and, but it looked for a long time like, oh my God, you're going to do it. You're going to give this one away too. And it's going to be hilarious. Like they're just not good. What was the final score? I believe it was six, three. I think they got the empty nutter. At, oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, Matt Duchesne, he's got the magic man with the short stick there. I mean, sure. Who knows what's happening, but. Well, nobody seems to know what's happening in Vancouver. Which nobody, is the nobody uh, man, the other shitbird team in this country right now. That we're taking runs at everybody. Here. Why not, man? Making no <laughs> friends, but uh, we're treating you all equally at least. Look, that uh, this was a team that I think. Look, you and I, I think, probably agreed going into this season, and it may still pan out this way. Um, 
the Edmonton and Vegas were top of that division, and then everybody yep. else in some sort of what didn't expect Anaheim to be as good as they are. Um, I thought last year Calgary was going to be very good. They weren't, so I jumped off the bandwagon, and here they are, very good, and I trying to catch back up to it. Uh, they've played pretty well. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, exactly. LA has looked respectable, although when, cooling. When do those guys know that they're shitbirds? Yeah, some... The Ducks and the Kings like, what What are you doing? Hey, settle down out there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Seattle remembers that they're supposed to be shitbirds. Uh, and somehow that's all resting on Philip Grubauer. Like the team actually seems to be playing pretty well, but they're getting dog shit goaltending. But Vancouver... I think a lot of people would have said, you know, right around that border, maybe they squeak in at number four or whatever. Maybe they don't, but they've been terrible. And a lot of it seems to be being hung at the feet of Pedersen and him playing pretty poorly, which is fair if he's going to be your number one guy and you're paying him like a number yeah, one guy. They're 50% penalty kill. Yeah. That's not, not helping. helping either for sure. Like historically bad. Um, and there just doesn't seem to be any idea of where to go or what to do. There was a thing about nine days ago, I believe, where ownership popped up at uh, an away game, which yeah. often means shit's about to go down. They tried to cover it with, no, no, he was always going to be there. Yeah, it's Vegas. It was previously scheduled. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Um, then early this past week, they have a, a meeting between ownership and management to try and figure out how to get out of this, what to do. Meanwhile, the, the vote of confidence. Sure. The, the, the fans are turning, they're chanting fire, Benning. Or thank you, Jim. Yes, exactly. The more damning one that I thought may have prompted some chance or some, uh, some changes was directed towards the owner. Sell the team, sell the team. When that happens... Careful now. Careful what you wish for. That's true. I'm selling it to somebody in Houston. (laughs) Who knows what's happening there. But it's ugly. And the fans are turning. And Vancouver is already not a particularly forgiving fan base. I don't know, man. I I never liked this team. I never liked the way it was built. They changed their cap problems this year. But they did not eliminate their cap problems. And even I wouldn't have said they'll be this terrible. No, and, and it, it's really, when you look at it in a vacuum and you say, like that JT Miller trade for the first, you and I panned it heavily. Yep. And, and he's really, it's he's been fine. He's, he's been good for stretches. Yeah, the deal's been fine. I mean, right. Yeah, and so you look at it and you go, some really nice pieces, Patterson and Miller and Bo Horvat and, and uh, Besser and Hughes and yeah. And, and Demko. And you're like, man, those are good pieces. Should be fine. Not right. great, but fine. Right now. Oh it, no. Yeah. It's it's funny if you looked at it and you went, somebody was talking about it the other day and you're like, yeah, they let Tanev go and and and, and Schmidt or Schultz. Schmidt. Schmidt. Nate Schmidt. Uh, you know, he's he's having a kick ass year in, in, in Winnipeg. Yeah, he's been great. And you're like Markstrom and Tanev and, and, and Schmidt, and you're like, if we could trade for those guys now, would <laughs> we have those three still? We would love to have those guys in our lineup, right? And you're like, yes, awesome, right? Like Markstrom, I don't know how many shutouts he's got, but... Yeah, just five so, and 14, I think. Yeah. It's and incredible. So, and so clearly that was a flash in the pan, that thing he did in, in, in Vancouver, right? He wasn't really that good. <laughs> right. Um, to me, Travis Green, you're out, buddy. This, this to me looks like a group of... You can't... You can fire Benning, mm-hmm. but to me, this looks like a bunch of guys who were like waiting around for a coach to get fired now. Cause I think you're right. 
but I think they're wrong. I, I think they're wrong too. Like I, no, to me, I, I'll keep Travis Green over Jim Benning in my organization any day of the week. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but to me, Benning and Berger, uh, Bergevin, what do those two guys have in common? They've been there almost a decade. Yeah. And your teams are shit. <laughs> and and to me, they both have all the cap problems. Whereas Ottawa at least is on an upward trajectory with their shit. Right. The, the other yes. ones are are middling, finger in the ass kind of th- stuff. Like, what are you doing here? Right. No, I think that's true. And and Benning, like we said, he he traded away a bunch of bottom six cap trouble this summer that was going to expire at the end of the year. But for one big cap problem, we call we call that the Zaitsev. <laughs> yes, that's going to last <laughs> for years. And it was just different. And look. Oliver Ekman Larson, at one point, one of the top five defensemen in the Surely league. Surely a top 10 guy. Sure. Not anymore. And he had been showing that for a while. Again, I don't think people expected him to go off a cliff and be this bad. This And maybe he can find some of that back. It's just a bad team. I, I don't yep. know. But you got that guy for another, like, five years yeah. at $8 million. Yeah. Like, well, and horrible. He said, and he said, I'm only going one place. Yep. Yeah. If, if you if you're gonna trade me out of this sweet little spot in the desert where I'm paying super low income tax and I can golf all year round and show up at the arena in flip flops, I'm only going there. And Vancouver's like, all right, here's our first. Or yeah, first. we'll make that happen. <laughs> and so it's one of those things where you're like, ah, I don't get it. And they're so they're in trouble. Like to me, Montreal at least has. Like you said, I, I agree with you on Ottawa. The ownership stinks, but they have a lot of young talent. They have a lot of cap room. If handled properly, Ottawa will be fine. Yep. No one expected well, them I to think be, they will be fine. Yeah. It's, no one expected them to be this bad this year, but the future in Ottawa is still bright. Montreal is Montreal. If you get your shit together there, the fans will stick with you and support you. You do have some young pieces. You also have some aging bullshit, but you'll be able to fix Mon- I got aging bullshit. Vancouver stinks. They're in cap trouble. They have bad management. They do have a, a a nice young piece or two. But if Pedersen isn't what everyone thought he was, you don't have the young pieces you no, thought. But you I, You're I in think, trouble. I think he is. I, he's a kid that has all the makings of... Of, of who? Uh, well, some early injury problems. Yeah. Right. But like, what's his top end? Is he a top 10 center in the league? I don't know that he is. I, I I think I think he is. I think he's a seventy to eighty point guy. Yeah, maybe. And that's and that to me, if you can, an eighty point center doesn't just grow on trees. No. So to me, he he needs some maturity, both physically and and emotionally. Right. Yeah. To me, I think those two things need to happen. And he, and he, and then I didn't some, have a full camp for whatever that's worth. I think some of those health issues. Yeah, clearly that. That we see it more and more. We see it with Brady here. We see it with Matthews. guys, guys who, yeah, guys who miss camp. It's rough. It's super rough, right? It's like jumping onto a moving treadmill. Yep. Right. It's it's hard to catch up, and I think we as fans mostly underrate that, but or don't. Yeah. I think we talk about it a lot. So to me, yeah, Pedersen is a he's a talent, and and uh, I think he's a talent. I just don't think he's yeah I think in the he, top half. Of number one centers in the league, you know what? Give me, uh, give me another year, and I say he's absolutely top half of number one centers in this league. 
All right, I'll send I'll set a Siri reminder this yep. day when you yeah, yeah. Now, next uh, you know, November twenty twenty two. Well we'll see as I sit here and run it down now. Like he's better than what Chicago has, he's better than what San Jose has, he's better than what Ed, uh, Anaheim has, better than Arizona. Like it'd be tight. Yeah, yeah. And that's really all I'm going with you. Like it, it Yeah, runs... there he is, number thirteen, motherfucker. I yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fourteen and a half. What do you think of that? Yeah, right. no, it, it comes down to you know, we, we do cling to that. I, I would certainly say his ceiling is a top 10 okay. number one center in the league. So Travis Green, you're out. Sorry about that. Yeah, but you're in here. I'm picking you up. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Benning, I guess you can stay there and go down with the fucking ship, man. Uh, I wanted to talk just a little about the Islanders. Said nobody ever. Uh, they open up their arena on Saturday night. And I, I should say, um, you know, they're playing the Leafs on Sunday. This is being recorded before that. No idea what's going to happen. But on Saturday, they open up this brand new arena uh, over at... Um, there's a racetrack there that I'm yep. forgetting. The, uh, Flamington, Filmington, something. Flamingo yeah, Downs. Nope, none of those. Yeah. Uh, it starts with a B, I thought. Ben, Bennington Downs. Why don't we stop waving at it and uh, just people okay. will figure it out. Yeah. Um, I wonder... If you're surprised at how they're doing, they did lose that uh, that home opener, but they started their season with an 18-game road trip. I believe it's been 38 days since the season started, and uh, they haven't yet played a home game, aside from that one on Saturday, which was the first one. All of that to accommodate the new arena. But they were coming into that game, I believe one game under 500. So now two games under after their loss to Calgary. Like I said, we don't know what happened against Toronto. Uh, I have a pretty good idea what's going to happen against Toronto. But, uh, it's it's in New York? It is in New York. Yeah. And Joseph Wall getting the start uh, for the Maple Leafs. So we'll see. But there's been a lot of talk about, like I said, this, this big, long 14-game, whatever it was, 18-game road trip to start the season because the arena wasn't going to be ready. But a big part of that, one of the beautiful things about playing in that division is yeah, if I'm playing the Rangers, I'm sleeping in my own bed tonight. If I'm playing the Devils, I sleep in my own bed tonight. The Flyers, I'm, there's not a ton of travel. And so there have been some articles pointing out that the Islanders, despite how long this road trip technically has been, they've had a lot of nights at home. And that's really the reason I wanted to bring this up is I have for years downplayed how good the Islanders were going to be and been wrong every time. And this year, when I was finally ready to go, all right, they're better than I thought, they've sort of stumbled out of the gate, but maybe understandably. And I wonder how much you think in 2021, road versus home games matter if you still get to live at home. You know, at one point, Buffalo was a crazy arena to go into. It was weirdly shaped and it was small. Boston was... Yeah. There was home and road games mattered. And maybe in some sports they still do. I'm not sure I still buy that a ton in hockey other than the fact that you have to travel and sleep in hotels and this sort of thing. So I wonder how much of what the Islanders have done early you think is based on the the type of schedule they've had and how much is just underperforming. I would suggest to you it matters the least in that division. Right. For one of those four teams. You say the Flyers, Devils, Rangers, Islanders. Like that's a tight little... Yeah, you drive. Little it's... hub there. But there is the there is the comfort of of your p- 
pregame skate, all those things that happen. And it is, it you know, and the Penguins aren't that far either, nope. really. Um, but yeah, it, it makes a difference, right? Everyone loves loves the momentum you get from a home crowd, all those sorts of things. What does it mean? Does it mean half a goal? I have no idea, right? In terms of, I think it does make a difference. It makes the least amount in that division, but it makes a big difference when you're not playing in front of your own fans right? for the first 18 games of the season. I think that's a huge thing. And if they come out of this at, you know, tonight at 500 or whatever it is, yeah, that bodes well for the amount of home games they have. Yes. 10 of their next 14 are at home in the new year, right? Like, so you're going to, in theory, so you think they're still fine. They've just been dealt a shitty hand because of the arena and well, they'll be good. Yeah. It's your own shitty hand, right? Yeah. I, I, I know. Scheduled your fucking arena better. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so to me, they are going to be totally fine. Yeah. Right. I look at that, at that division and it's, it's a bit of a mystery, right? There's a bunch of teams that, yep. can, that take runs in that division and then cool for a bit. It's. Carolina it, and Washington look like the only two, like, and, and Washington's about to get Baxter back. They haven't had them. Beyond that, it's sort of a mishmash of right uh, of hot and cool teams, yeah. right? Like the Flyers. I'm I'm not even really sure what's happening. I, I, but I'm going to be honest with you, I have not seen a Flyers game this year at all. Right. But um, I played Toronto, so I've seen one. You look at them, <laughs> and they they seem to be hanging around, right? Carter Hart seems to be better. Yep. Um, better defense, I think, in front of them. But yeah, I think they're fine. I, I think we. I think underplay. we under underestimate or or undervalue the uh, the creatures of habit that are hockey players, and if you are not allowed to play at home, despite sleeping in your bed at the end of the night, you do lose all those creature comforts that come from sure. a home game. Yep. Well, that'll be interesting because I, I I was finally ready to say the Islanders probably second behind Carolina. I did think Carolina would win the division this year. Um, and the Islanders just, it probably is a victory to get through yeah. a month and a bit and be at 500, basically 500, not quite 500, but in that neighborhood, you survived. Now you've got, like you said, a pile of home games out in front of you the rest of the way, right? Like you're going to play 41 and 26 or whatever it might be, right? It is home versus road. Um, we'll see what that looks like, but. Um, yeah. You're talking about 41, 24 split. Yeah. Not bad. It's nice. a decent, uh, decent way to ride things out. Uh, this is maybe not a bad transition point. We had a couple notes on the Olympics and what that tournament's going to look like and if it's going to happen at all. Uh, I did read a couple of articles this week that were saying, you know, guys trending up versus guys trending down. And Matthew Barzell was a guy they had trending down. Now, he was always going to be a bubble guy that, you know, wouldn't shock you if he made it, wouldn't shock you if he didn't. Um and, you know, just sort of the start that the Islanders had gotten off to, uh, you know, maybe he wasn't going to make it. John Tavares trending up just for you Lee fans out there. John Tavares also showing up in the Lululemon gear. I wondered about, so let me set the table here quickly. There is a, a yeah, every year the Olymp or every four years, whatever, there's always, usually it was the Bay, right? Or Roots that yep. would do the Canadian uniforms for in and out and your Olympic wear. Uh, 
and they did a thing. It's Lululemon now, which is odd. Um, well, and you better be an athlete because all the equipment, all the gear is super yoga type. Lululemony, yes. Yeah. Um, and they asked John Tavares to be one of the guys to come and model it. And if I was him, I'd have been wicked hesitant until I knew I was going, right? Like he's an Olympian. He's gone before. So I guess I'm sort of comfortable doing it. We can't do McDavid or we can't. Right. But here he is in Toronto. Even Marner. Like, yep. would you not have had, in Toronto, he's probably more closer to being a lock or whatever you'd want to call it. I'd be really uncomfortable knowing that if I don't make it, this is going to be a meme forever, right? The, ah, the Leafs. Look at that guy that, wearing yeah. the Olympic gear, but exactly. not going to the Olympics. Exactly. I was surprised he agreed to do it, but uh, maybe he knows something we don't. Yeah, clearly. Know. No, I don't think you're giving that guy that option. Unless he's a shoe-in. Unless you've got some assurances that you are going to be there, like to me. And it's an odd choice. Not an odd choice because, well, to me, he's not the handsomest guy. Sure. Um... It's just locality, right? Uh, no, uh, but I get it. But yeah. you're still looking at, you're going to put out your Olympic gear, like splash, and you're going to go, I'm going to pick the guy who's closest to me. Yep. You can't. It's really the extent of You can't go, hey man, we're going to send a crew out to Edmonton. Nope. And we're going to do up <laughs> Connor McDavid in some, in some, you know. Or like Vegas was here recently, Alex Petrangelo, you've already named. Yeah. Get that guy to do it, right? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> And again, I'm not taking a run at Tavares. No, I know, but I'm I'm nervous for that guy that if this doesn't go well, man, this is going to be bad news. Well, because as you say, everyone's going to point and laugh at the Leafs. Of course. Ah, see that? Look at that fucking loser. <laughs> I've been set a time or two. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> by me in, yep. this, in this chair. About them, <laughs> yeah. So why don't we talk? There's a couple things about the Olympics. We, you had mentioned maybe you had something on the goaltending that, uh, you know, has maybe never been less carved in stone or less settled going into an Olympics than it is this year for Team Canada. Well, and, and really it's it's with 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 the unknown factor that is price. And it was a, um, I think local radio talked about it. And it's just a, in terms of a, of a would you or wouldn't you, I can't think of a time ever when if you went with, Kemper, Flurry, Bennington, mm-hmm. Black, Mackenzie Blackwood, Blackwood yeah. um, and uh, who am I missing? Whoever the fi- whoever the fifth guy is. Did I say Bennington? Yep. Okay. Um, I can't. I, uh, Mike Smith. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. Michael Hutchinson. Um, Carrie shut, Price. Shut up! You're not helping me. You know, I was I was eliminating Price because I man, I'd be I'd be surprised if that guy. Is, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um. But so let's go again. Kemper, yep. Hart, yep. Oh, Bennington, okay. you didn't have him. The Flurry, yep. Blackwood. Yeah. Those five guys, and if I was to give you any of those five guys, if I was to give you the names of Gibson, Hellebuck, um, Campbell, mm-hmm. uh, Quick. Or Demko, there's five guys. You taking any one of those Canadian guys over those five guys? Uh, I maybe over quick. At one point, yeah, yeah. I, and I and this is just a simply yep. a would you? Yep. I see what you're saying. Their top three, 
regardless of whether you think it's Demko or Campbell is number three. I think we agree it's 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 uh, it's Hellebuck and um, Gibson. Gibson are the top two there, and then whoever, whether you think it's Demko or Campbell or whatever at number three. Well, the very fact that that we're haggling over fifth goalies to yep. say, to, to, go, yep. to go, yeah, I would maybe not. I'm maybe taking that guy over over Demko or whatever that guy is. You can't dispute. It's never been this weak in Canada. For sure, man. It's and, not even like the rest of like you look at Vasilevsky and go, okay, that's just better than us. Like okay. Hoshik had better than what we were back in the day, right? But in terms of depth, we used to get to roll in with you know. Three of Wah, Belfour, Brodeur, Joseph, whatever, right? You always rolled in feeling comfortable with your depth. And you'd, Luongo, Fleury. Sure. You'd probably feel better than what the other guys had. Even barring the return of 2014 Carey Price, I'm not sure we're well, having you, better goaltending than almost anybody you're going to face in ter- at the top end. Those right? Latvians. <laughs> well... <laughs> What was it? Chris Merzlikens? Whatever it was. In, no. The, the oh, Chris sorry. In the 2014 where yeah, they beat, I, I, we yeah. beat him like 2-1. Yeah. Whatever. Remember that motherfucker jumped in to the bench off the face-off and someone jumped off the bench at the other end and got a breakaway? <laughs> you crafty motherfuckers. Yes, I do remember that. Um, I don't know. Like Russia will have better goaltending. Russia, you look at even with the resurgence of Bobrovsky yeah. in Florida, you got Bobrovsky. You got Vasilevsky, you got Bobrovsky, you got Shesterkin, you got some Sonov, Sorokin. Sorokin. Like, hey man. Yeah. How, Share the wealth. I, I was just gonna say, how about a little bit of sharing here? What do we can you can you slide somebody? You can't you and that guy's Georgian, and I'm pretty sure that guy is Chechnyan. Yeah, like come on, man. Get and so it's 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 a really interesting point because not only are, do we need a 2014 Carey Price, we need a 2014 decor in yeah. front of Carey Price because yep. they were stifling. And I don't think we're going to have anything close to that. Not a chance. Yeah. So to me, there's so many questions. I need Connor to do Connor things if we're going to win well, this. <laughs> up front, up front, there's unquestionably- Oh, it's an embarrassment of riches. The best talent. Yep. In in the top twelve, you've run out a top line of like McDavid, McKinnon, and whatever. Yeah, Hyman, if you want, right? <laughs> like, for sure, Connor Brown. We yeah, just talked about go, him. man. <laughs> but uh, although all the talk, we're getting uh, all the love for Mangiapane. Yeah, like it's just one of those eat bread. Yeah, but it's the idea of there's so much talent up front, and and you go, oh, and then we're gonna Let's be the opposite. We're gonna run out that Bergeron, Crosby, um, Marchand line as your third line, right? And you're like checking line, yeah. Okay, and we're gonna blow the tits right off you. But I was gonna ask you about Bergeron since you brought it up. I know we're sort of all over the map, but we're in the Olympic vein here. Still got time for that guy. It's slowing down a little, but he does all the things you need somebody to do on that team. Or would you be ready to move to? Like a Dubois in that role. No. Not yet. Well, he's killing it this year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, is it a, about Dubois it, or is it about Bergeron? It's about Bergeron. Okay. Like to me, uh, there's no way at this point that I don't take that guy. Okay. As still as a as a draw man, he is still a, a, a legit, yep. you know, puck possession guy. And and you know the chemistry. Face chemi- off, get off. <laughs> well, and the, and, the, and the chemistry he has with Marshan mm-hmm. and historically with Crosby. That's right. Like to me, you just, that guy is, and, and, a, and, a, and an outstanding leader. Like mm-hmm. to me, his talent has not 
eroded enough okay. to make the things that he does really well. Because there is going to be a ton of turnover, right? It's been eight years instead of four years. So you do need a little bit of institutional knowledge, right? Like what it takes to get this done. I just wonder if, if he, you know, the miles on him and the injuries he's had, if he had fallen off enough for you to... Not, but th- this is it. Yeah. I do agree with that. But no, that guy is still on my on my team. For when you look at them, when you see the Bruins, it's still they're a one line team yep. in my opinion. Yep, a, a really good. Yeah, that line is pretty good. <laughs> what it does. But to me, it's I, I would say with the, with the way Pasternak has started, that it's really Marchand is the, probably the best guy on that line right now. For now, yeah. Um, but no, to me, you still, if you have an opportunity to put Barshan and Bergeron together mm-hmm. and, and throw in a, well, uh, Crosby. Sure. Easy, easy money right there. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about what you thought of the way these groups have played out and there's nothing nefarious has happened here. It's not like, you know, anybody's tried to group things incorrectly. It's all done on world rankings. So we're going to play this format that we've had now since 2010 at the Olympics. There are three pools of four and the three pool winners will advance to the quarterfinal as well as the best second place team. And then the other two second place teams and everyone else will play. The bottom eight essentially. Yeah, will play in an uh, eight team crossover. Canada had to play in that um, in uh, 2010. In uh, in Vancouver, played Germany. I'll never forget Christian Ehrhoff saying that Canadian team's about to get crushed by Germany. I'm like, we just by Russia. You. Yes, sorry, by Russia. We just crushed you. Yeah, there's tire tread on yeah. your back right I, now. I Why are you? Sl- it was like five one or six one, whatever the score was. Against Germany, it was like yeah. eight one. Okay, <laughs> but the idea is. They had seen the Russians already yeah. or whatever it was. And they're like, oh man, that's an infinitely more talented team. And yeah. Might have been. <laughs> yeah. Except for that, <laughs> except for that waxing yes. in the quarters that the Russians took off of Canada. So the, the groups are Canada is with the United States, I believe Germany, speak of the devil. And China. And China. Now China is an interesting case in and of itself. They haven't even decided yet whether they're going to let China play. They're so worried about how embarrassed they might get. Um, the hosts get an automatic berth and it, no matter where that's been, like it, it traditionally hasn't been an issue. The worst one would have been Italy in 06 and that Italian team was Matt Dominicelli and other Canadians. Yeah, loaded juniors. down with Canadians and Americans, yes. Right. And so there's not nearly as many Chinese Canadians and Chinese Americans that are uh, no, able to very true, get Matt. this done <laughs> playing hockey at the top level. I have the other two divisions here if you would like them. So, yeah, I do. Um, But just on the China thing, they may not allow China to play just because the... uh, And it's a negotiation. China would have to say, fine, we won't play. But if you're going to be humiliated at home... Well, and what they needed to do was... um, You look at what Korea did in... um, Also all Canadians. Yeah, but they went with, you play two years in the domestic league... We'll grant you. So I, I get it. If the if the if the idea is to sell the game in China, well, and they've knowing this was coming. There are Chinese teams in the KHL and Red in Star. Our, yeah, Kunlun Red Star. Like they're trying, but there's they've it could be really really ugly. So we'll see. The next team I believe is Norway, 
if China falls out or backs out, Norway would get in and be in the pool with Canada, USA, and Germany. Who do you got in the other two pools there? So we have, so yeah, as you said, it was Canada, United States. So the two teams who finished first and second in last year's world championships, which were not used for rankings. Right. Worth noting, they were off of the 2020 rankings as of April 20, April of 2020, I believe, mm. which is weird. Um, in the other division, second division, you have the ROC, so Russian Olympic athletes, yep. followed by the Czechs, followed by the Swiss, followed by the Danes. Hopsvis. That is a weak division right say. there. Uh, and in the third division, which is an intriguing division, you have the Finns, the Swedes, the Slovaks, and our, everybody's friend, the Latvians. <laughs> so that Russian team, they're going to put up some sweet scores, I would think, yes. through the round robin. Top-seeded team coming out of the Probably, yeah, number one, yeah. They'll, uh, the way that's going to go, you would think, on plus-minus. Which division is deeper? Canada, USA, with a probably bigger drop-off to Germany, but Germany getting better Yeah, versus Finland, Sweden, Slovakia. Right. You know, it's a little more tightly grouped together, but, you know, Finland and Sweden will be the best two teams in it. Right. And and to me, on on the international stage, you have to, whatever you think of the Finns, you got to give them, like, yeah. a, a bump up one rating because... Man, they are always... They get it done. They exceed their, their talent level. Punch so way above their weight. For, for sure. sure they do. And so I, I think I lean towards that group C. Yeah. As as the sort of top to bottom better division. Right. It sucks to have the two gold medal or two of the three gold medal favorites, USA and Canada, in the same division. Yeah. Um, I think people look at those two teams... You know, with nods to the Russians and the and the Swedes, but they look at the Americans and the Canadians as the one-two favorites for this gold medal. To have them both in the same division is... Well, it's funny because as I think back on it, these might be damn close to the identical divisions in Vancouver 2010 because we had to play the U.S. I don't remember. I don't think we had Germany or whatever. But at, at the top, at least... And I remember Russia and the Czechs were in the same division because we had that big Ovechkin hit on Yager that everyone talked about for whatever, like a 40-year-old Yager getting blown up by Ovechkin. And then the Finns and the Swedes over in uh, in another division. So we've almost seen this okay. roll out before. Um, but I, I'm with you. I think the star power is all in that. And it's great because NBC and, uh, and CBC will get as best... We can, right? In terms of broadcast times, I think I've looked at it. There's an 11 p.m. start, and you're like, all right, like, I get it. It's in China. This is the best we're going to get. And a 7 a.m. start, like, they've sort of kept them out of the middle of the night as much as they could with that pool. I wonder what you think of the Americans right now, because, look, in a one-game playoff with everything they have going, I think they could beat Canada. But sure. without Jack Eichel... Like, they get thin down the middle fast. Like, now Dylan Larkin's your number two center. He won't be healthy. Forget about it. Eichel, no, it doesn't look like it. No, Larkin, I mean. Oh, okay. Well, then they're in real trouble. Um, lots of talent on the wings for the Americans, but, like, yeah. good, good better. Good goaltending. Goal better goaltending. And their and defense, I'll be interested to see what that, how that all shakes out, too. Yeah. But, see, I don't know if, if which, which of the two teams, if you look at... Yeah, they're going to be loaded down with talent, the Americans, and we've talked about it in, in, in goal. You've talked about the wings. 
if you look at the makeup of the Russians, mm-hmm. to well, me that what, kind what's that kind Malkin of going to look like. Well, and it, but it kind of speaks. Yeah, they have they have an aging core, but they you know Tarasenko, what, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of guys who are, but in a one game. Yeah, for sure. But but if happens. you look at what they can run out in terms of talent up front, maybe not in terms of center depth, but talent up front, uh, good goaltending. I'm not sh- you know I'm not sure what's going to happen on on D for them. You like their goaltending better than the Americans? If you just went start I, front I, to back with Vasilevsky, I think I, I do. I, I think yeah. I think when you go with the guy who is the uh, the sort of consensus number one goalie in the le- in the world right now in yeah. Vasilevsky, I think that's a I go with them over the Americans in yeah. that, right? But um, yeah, it, it'll be a super interesting tournament if we make it there. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. That was the last thing we were going to hit on here because uh, it's becoming more and more of a story. And on uh, on 32 Thoughts, the, uh, the segment as opposed to the article or the podcast, on uh, Hockey Night in Canada, I said, you know, this is becoming... More and more of a discussion point. No one's ringing the alarm bells yet, but there is an... Clang, clang, clang. Goes the trolley. Um, There is an opt-out just after the new year where the NHL can say, we got too many games to make up. We aren't going. Um, There's also a concern that I guess if you test positive over there, you have to quarantine for three weeks. Yeah. So in theory, Braden Point rolls in, test positive... All right, man, you're staying in China. You're going to miss that charter back. One of the things Friedman brought up is something you and I have talked about on here before, but it didn't seem like anyone else had. Are you seriously rolling into that all-star game, putting everyone on one plane and heading out to yep. that recirculated air and maybe have the the best players from every single, not just nation, but NHL team wiped out for... Uh, um, this is going to be an ongoing story. They said that the, these three games that the Senators have missed this year so far will be easy enough to reschedule. They've already rescheduled one, uh, I saw, for early December. But the Islanders now have some cases. Um, the Sharks have had some. It looks like they've come through it. Right. Are you less... Is it starting to... You were never as certain as I was. As soon as we brought this up in the summer, you said, maybe, maybe. Like, you were more... Um, that the NHL may opt out of this, you seem to believe more than I would. Uh, have you, are you further cemented to that now? Is it more alarming or has anything really changed for you at this point? For, for me, the thing is, what hasn't changed is the players really want to go. Yeah. And, and still, as of as of Sunday, mm-hmm. are saying, yeah, it's really important for us to go. So that has not changed. Right. I've got the sense all along that Daly and Bettman don't want to no, go. No, the owners want no part of this. And so when you look at, when they asked, when, when the Ottawa cancellations were coming up, it started to, they started to look at that sort of agreement and the contract that said, if we have to make up, if the contingency for any makeup games was blank, whatever it was. And, and the reporter asked daily, well, h- how many games is that we talking about? What's the threshold for that? And mm-hmm. he said, one game. Right. If we miss one game, if we have to make up one game, that's enough for us to maybe consider not going. Mm. Well, you're at three. Yep. With just one team. Yep. And the aisles are piling up. We'll see. We got a month or two before the. Well, and the thing is, for the it. for the alarmists or not out there, is Ottawa had ten players. 
on the COVID protection list. I, I, I believe, I, I'm not sure what, you know, the number of, of you know, close contacts versus, right. but 10, people, 10 guys testing positive plus an assistant coach. Um, the symptoms, very mild, mm-hmm. right? None of the 10 guys have had serious issues. Well, apparently... Capuano did. The assistant coach apparently had it a, a rough okay, go. Okay, I, I didn't hear that. Yeah, TJ Smith said that on Saturday. He'd had a tough go. Okay, so what we're going to see is, yeah, this is going to run through a lot of teams. Yep. Um, the symptoms are not, you know, severe in most cases, but it is the spread. Yes. It is the spread and the limiting of it. And you're going to see more of this, not less. As the winter season comes along, people are confined. Yep. Um. You will have people coming down with COVID with mild symptoms, um, but doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. Like Christ, Drake, Drake Batherson had a positive test, went out and scored, had four point night, and or positive, false positive, negative test, four points, positive test again. Whoops. So, but at the end of the day, that's a guy. Like in the NHL, you had a two goal, two assist night. Mm-hmm. With COVID, apparently. <laughs> so all I'm suggesting with this is, is not that it's not serious. Yeah, but it's the fact that you may pass it on. The, the vaccine is done correct. as part in terms of keeping it mild for you. Correct. And yeah. so you were going to see more teams suffer through. Yep. And I'm sure when you look at Ottawa hitting double digits with 10 players and games canceled, that San Jose's like, hey man, listen, Mofa, we had seven guys. We had seven right. Barracudas in the lineup and you didn't cancel shit for us. And the Islanders, I believe, are at six now. Yes, as we sit here now, six. So we don't know come Monday what mm-hmm. that number will look like because it clearly spreads. And potentially then, how many leaves? Oh, and That's I, who you're playing, yeah. right? Like, Well, see, but the thing is, Ottawa went into Boston that one night, and you look at like Josh Brown and, and Trent Frederick went boom face-to-face in a <laughs> yeah. huge collision. Yeah. And then the next day, Josh Brown, COVID. Yep. Right. And you're like, if I'm Frederick, I'm. Displeased. Yeah. Well, because he got blown up. That yep. was very sweet. But in theory, you could be passing it team to team. Just well, for sure. Yeah. But well, that, if you and I are going to go face to face on a hit, bang, like they were like two big guys. Yeah. Like, bam. Um, There's going to be some air expelled. <laughs> for sure there is, man. Um, is This is going to happen across the board. You're going to see spread and. And, and there's only going to be more games canceled in terms of, of people being able to, and, and it comes down to quality of product, right? When you're, when you're saying, yeah, we have 12 guys, right. 12 AHL guys in our lineup tonight. And I get it. You have an AHL franchise to support your NHL franchise. Yeah, not like that. Not like that. And Those so. Those Belleville senators that rolled in here were. Numerous, like you're looking at what's it, Hetherington, Dylan Hetherington. Like, who yeah. the fuck is this guy? Yeah, right? who, whose last game was in 2018 in Dallas in yeah. the NHL, right? And so, who's played in the Swiss League? Who's been around? And again, that's a good hockey player. Sure, that is not a really serviceable NHL player. Well, and it's like even when you start comparing numbers and how do you do this? If let's just say tonight, the Islanders lost their fourth line and their bottom pair. And you go, man, five, six guys out. That sucks. Hey, that's the best fourth line in hockey. I've heard a time or two. (laughs) And they're playing Toronto, who by chance, like they've only got two guys out. 
but it's Matthews and Marner or something. Yeah. Right. Like sometimes the number of cases yep. don't tell the the whole story on the the havoc that this is going to run through the league. And I'm with you as as temperatures get colder and people spend more and more time inside, you are going to see this spread more through the league. And I do think that with the vaccine, most of those cases will be mild and yep. and things should be fine. But just sitting there and going, well, those guys only have three guys out. That's fine. Well, if they miss the playoffs by one point because it was their whole top line, yep, that's a different story than your backup goalie and fifth defenseman or something. Yeah. And your assistant coach. Sure. Yeah. And the reality is if you look at, um, you know, Brandstrom comes up and he gets an opportunity and Lassie Thompson comes up and, and Jacob Bernard Docker. Well, the reality is Thompson and, and JBD, those are first round draft picks. Those are blue chip. They're on the verge of being here anyway. They are blue chip prospects, but they have been deemed not ready. Yep. And so you were now thrusting in people like Thompson had his NHL debut due to this. Right. Um, now, you know what? Sometimes like Zub last year, you know, injury forces you to overlook your shitty recognition of talent (laughs) and, oh, wait, maybe we do have something that we didn't realize we had before. Um, so sometimes dumb luck, you find your way into some certain sure. things, but yeah. Well, like Gustafson this year, who they Gust- de- deemed to be AHL, you know, that's where he should be. Contract. He's been forced to play this year yeah. and he's been their best goalie. Well, <laughs> and he was their best goalie last year, yeah. but due to his contract and having waived, like if he didn't have this, he was deemed to be not good enough last year, Yeah, but it, because of, of, of health issues, he was given an opportunity last year, took the ball and ran with it. Otherwise he's being exposed in the expansion, not to cord. Right. Right. So again, Ottawa lucks into a couple of where they didn't evaluate a player <laughs> as ready, but then you're like, oh, here he is. Maybe he is. All right. So there's some dumb luck there, but yeah, to me, I put it at less than 50% the NHL goes to the Olympics. Wow. If that's where we're going to go mm-hmm. in terms of it's only going to get worse, I think, in terms of, of what happens here. In, in Postponed terms of, games. and You're going to see more and more as it, as it ratchets up. And, and clearly, six in, 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 on the island as of sa- Sunday afternoon, the seven in San Jose, which was their high water mark. Yep. Clearly, the NHL is willing to swallow that. Yep. If you can, if you can stabilize. It'd be nice the, if they'd give us a number, though. Nine, yeah. you play. Ten, you don't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I, I think when Ottawa hits seven. Yeah. Somebody in the NHL office said, yeah, that's not it. That's not the number. Yeah, no, get out there. Yep. Keep going, boys. (laughs) So, so that is, so clearly it is around. And and I think it's not just a number as weird as this may sound. It's like in San Jose, it was seven early and it was seven late. Yeah. Like they seem to somehow find a way to. Well, like I said, I think part of it was just dumb asshole logistics. Ottawa's not going or LA won't be in Ottawa again. We have to play this. Yep. As opposed to, oh, it's Ottawa, Montreal. We can find a Sunday afternoon somewhere. Well, see, I saw somebody float out and you'll love this. (laughs) Somebody float out and say, yeah, how early would they have canceled games if it was the Leafs? Who knows? I I know what the accusation is, obviously. It's whatever, but it's (laughs) protect Toronto. (laughs) 
Well, that's why Toronto always does so well. Is okay, because we have all this backing from the well, league. Well, and, and and really, what it comes down to there is is not just the profile, but it's 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 the salary cap implications that right. come with. Like Ottawa is so far below the cap, it's not a problem. You can carry well, St. Louis ten I guess, extra players. Had this issue and asked to be able to call someone up, but because they were a rookie, in theory, the contract would fit, but there was a bonus thing. Yeah, and it else said nope. Like yeah. we're not allowing these exceptions. Like, well, then you got to go back to a taxi squad or something, right? Like and, teams are getting fucked here. And, and <laughs> that is, that is to me, if we take the Leafs out of the equation yeah. is it's one thing in a regular season to go, Hey, okay, Toronto, you are up against the cap tight, but then you have a guy with a broken wrist. You have a guy with a, you know, sprained ankle, whatever you're, yeah. the, the, the deals that come along with, you know. The, the wear and tear of a regular NHL season. Mm-hmm. This is something entirely different. And and I by no means want to give the Leafs another no. avenue to exploit. But the reality Good. is this is not normal circumstances no. that we're dealing with here. And so it's not like, hey man, we have a broken collarbone epidemic in the change room. <laughs> Everybody just snap and Yeah, for sure, man. It's like... <laughs> You know, there's eight of us with a broken collarbone in here. No, yeah, it's, it's not the same, right? And so... Well, that's it for people who aren't necessarily putting all of this together is if you break a collarbone, you're out for at least whatever, four, six weeks, whatever it might be. That's long-term injury. You get cap relief. I don't know when my top left winger tests positive. Is he out for three days or seven days or 14 days, right? It depends how long he keeps testing. But, but there is no... I don't put him on LTIR because he might be fine in three days. Well, so there's no relief there. You and, just have to live with it. And, and that's re- already, sorry, man, but it's, that's already hurt the blues, right? That Yeah. And, and really all I was, the things that you incur playing the game of hockey that are unpredictable. Yeah. Right. Dislocated shoulder in, in practice as a teammate and I come together along the boards. Mm-hmm. Hey man, shit happens. It's a contact sport. A pandemic, a global pandemic <laughs> that you, you have tried to do your best to, to work through, that is, is not the same, right? When, when it's really, you could have it yeah. and I don't even know. Right. And when you say you don't want to make it a, give the Leafs an avenue, literally 16 teams right now are over the cap and using LTI. Right. So this and, is a problem across yeah, the league. For sure. Yeah. And, and, and all I'm saying is in our conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to do anything that benefits the Leafs. <laughs> but the reality is, yeah, as you said, half the league is up in a similar it. situation where like Ottawa has incurred, like I said, you're bringing up 10 extra contracts yep. on the books. Ottawa can do that because they are $18 million <laughs> below the... Eugene shouting from his own... Oh, box. for sure, man. You're I still did... getting paid your AHL money, you Yeah, I, paper <laughs> transactions. Like, honestly, there's the rainforest is getting torn down... By paper transactions here in Ottawa. Yeah. But Toronto doesn't have that option. Right. Uh, St. Louis, Vegas, blah, 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 right? We, sure. we go down the list of people who don't have that option. And so I don't know what it looks like, but you have to find a way to... COVID it, is different. If you have a COVID test, then you get... It, it doesn't count against the cap, I guess sure. is where for I'm going with You get yeah. slid off for the 10 days you were on the COVID list. Right. Because to me, there's no way that you can, because it damages your product. Yeah. But like I said, it's how many 
times you're already complaining or having issues with attendance across the league. How many times are people going to buy a ticket, show up and go, oh, our whole top line's out tonight. Fuck you. Like, this isn't what I paid for. Well, and the trickle down is, so my dad is a, uh, he's an avid Belleville Senators fan. Okay. Honestly, he's probably been to 30 games over the past. Nice. Two and a half years. Yeah. Living in Peterborough. That's a um, hike. And so he shows up to the. The Yardman? Yeah. But it's it's now the CAA or something oh, else. Okay. It's something else altogether. Anyways, he shows up last week sometime to see Cleveland Belleville play. And yeah, you have 12 ECHL yes, guys in that lineup. Up. Yeah. Our guys all got called up. We got to find guys now. And so you're like, dad's showing up going, I want to see what Brandstrom looks like. I want to see what Sokolov <laughs> looks like. I want to see JVD and Thompson. And, and you're like, oh. Who the hell is this Redicop guy? And I think Mike Johnson said on the Sens broadcast that Sokolov, in his second game, was now a veteran. <laughs> like even letting Lassie Thompson and these guys yeah. have their first night lap, right? Yeah. The, half the team was just out. So, so yeah, no, you're right. In the minor leagues, it's a trickle down. All our guys got called up. So yeah, here's some dude we found who played college C or whatever. Yeah. And he's yeah. in the lineup tonight. N-A-I-T. So yeah, well you had, they signed Cody Goldabuff. Again. Who was doing nothing. He wasn't yeah. even playing. And then he's, he's killing penalties <laughs> for you that night. That a boy. Former world junior guy. And Olympian. Yes, true. Uh, we'll wind this one down here then, man. Uh, unless you had anything else you wanted to hit on. No, Matt, I think that's it. Yeah, I think we've exhausted quite a bit here. Uh, like I said, later on this week, Dr. Vicky Forster will return. We'll talk hockey. We'll talk craft beer. And we'll talk why it's okay to get your kid vaccinated. Lots of stuff there to uh, come. So stick around. We will see you all next time. See ya. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe to Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app. And find us on social media at Tall Can Audio. Tall Can Audio.